Shallowy driving it toward the back post for Zussi, who puts it back across, and Shelton slots it home! Zussi can have a hit from here, he does, and Graham Zussi re-elect! Graham Zussi! Shallowy knocks it in! The Hungarian assassin has given Sporting KC the lead! It's Russell! This is the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Presented by Michelob Ultra. Enjoy a Michelob Ultra today. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And by Casey's own CBD American Shaman. Score yourself free samples of great all-natural CBD products at a CBD American Shaman near you. CBD American Shaman. Everything is better with the feather. Now your host, Nate Bucati. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you stream your video content. We appreciate you joining us as always, and we are presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Joined as always by Allie Trost. Allie, how are you? Uh, I'm doing well, Nate. A little uh, windblown today. Yeah. We were out at Sporting KC Media Availability and Training. It's a Tuesday that we're recording this. So, uh, yeah, the winds are whipping out here in KCK. It's been windy, I feel like, all spring long. Every time I'm out watching a youth soccer game with one of my kids, I you know, you got to hold on to your hat. And it's been that way at Children's Mercy Park as well as that, that way at training today. And we're joined by also uh, the the the, the – the ultimate reserve, Connell McCord. I'd, I'd say, you know, you're moving right in there to as, as becoming a regular, Connell. How are you, buddy? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm just slay, slowly but surely pushing Jacob out of the way and yeah. then moving into <laughs> the hey, seat, you know? Taking advantage of the opportunity. Well, bald bald head over here, no problems with the wind. Long hair over here with Allie. Many All problems. sorts of problems many with problems. the wind. Mm-hmm. I'm somewhere in the middle of that spectrum, I guess appropriately so, seated right here in the middle. You and I got together and watched the old firm game the uh, Celtic versus Rangers match on Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and uh, that was quite an affair, wasn't it? It was indeed. It was. A, it was a good time, wasn't it? Yeah, nobody cares about that but me and you right now. But right. Celtic are going to win the Scottish League, right? Correct. Okay, that's good news. All right, now let's get to the sporting stuff. That's what people tune into on this particular show. Coming up on the show, we're going to be joined by Daniel Shallowy. Scored a big goal for Sporting KC this past weekend in a 2-2 draw against FC Dallas. Speaking of that, we will talk about that 2-2 draw against FC Dallas. A lot of different things to cover as we look back on that game and then a big road swing coming up at NYCFC. Then, of course, the U.S. Open Cup home game in a rematch against FC Dallas next week and then another road game at Portland after that. But we're going to talk about the NYCFC game, not in the Bronx this time, but in Queens, New York. City Field. In Flushing. I believe City Field is still technically in Flushing. I know Shea Stadium used to be, but either way, it's in Queens. Allie's going to be making her first trip to the Big Apple. Wow, really? Allie and the Big Apple. I don't know how I've made it this far in my life without going to New York. Like, I haven't even traveled through New York to go anywhere. Like, this is going to be my first time um, there, which I'm excited. We're actually, we're staying Saturday night, which is not usually the case, so more time Mm -hmm. to explore and um, yeah, I mean, first time City Field, first time I believe Sporting Kansas City is playing at City Field as well. It's so, yeah. um, going to be, yeah, it's going to be a good one. But Peter Vermee said it today, Nate. This New York City FC team is in excellent form right now. They didn't necessarily start this their season the hottest, but man, these last three games they are they're flying. So it's going to be a tough one. They've scored more goals than Sporting Kansas City have all season, just over the last three games. Fourteen goals. So. Yeah. 
Yep. It's, uh, scary. scary. Very prospect. scary. <laughs> have you yeah. prepared uh, properly? Have you watched Home Alone 2 and stuff before? Oh, you? see, yeah, I I know all about New York, at least okay. how the movies like to portray mm-hmm. it. So yeah. I'll, uh, I'll see how that compares to reality. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to compare notes <laughs> here. Uh, if you want to learn about Queens, you watch the documentary Coming to America. That take pl- takes place in Queens. That's where... Uh, that's where you're going to be, at least for the game, on yes. on uh, Saturday. So we'll talk about all that coming up. But let's get to the game from this past weekend first, guys. Sporting Kansas City 2, FC Dallas 2. And FC Dallas, uh, sport, well, Sporting Kansas City, first off, jump out to a 1-0 lead as Johnny Russell, with one of his patented runs into the penalty box, sets up Daniel Shallowy, who... Has a nice first touch, gets the turn on the defender, earns a penalty. Johnny Russell puts it away, and uh, Sporting looked like, hey, this is this is going well. They're off and running. But then they give a free kick away to Sporting Kansas City on the other end of the field. Velasco just absolutely uh, a, yeah. a, a class finish, puts it in the top corner to make it 1-1. Jesus Ferreira with a great run. Maybe you don't want to get him let, you know, cutting in onside that right foot, but he did, and easier said than done maybe to prevent that. He puts that one in the top corner, and it's 2-1. Sporting Kansas City are down at halftime. They fight back in the second half. Several good chances. Poss, the goalkeeper, a couple of good right-handed saves to deny Shelton and Shallowy. Shallowy gets one cleared off the line when he thinks he scored. Then they get the red card after... Brandon Cervania, seven minutes on yeah. the field, two yellow cards. He's out. That's going to be a, a league-leading, <laughs> I don't know what oh, statistical. Oh, yeah. how many times that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's got to take a look at that. Yeah. That was pretty impressive. Sporting do get one goal, the goal from Daniel Shallowy to make it 2-2, but then their pressure for last goal, a game winner, falls a little short. So they end up splitting the points 2-2. Two two. Ali, what were a couple of the biggest takeaways for you from that game? Yeah, well, I think the first one is just the fact that the team – was able to battle back after getting out to that early lead and then going down a goal uh, just before the half. Peter Vermees said it today at training that the way the team was able to get themselves back into the game and and almost had a chance to to score a third and and walk away with a win, I think that was a really promising sign with this team that's that's really struggled to to find some of that confidence in a game where you do go down to to collectively as a group fight back the way that they did and and almost put themselves – in a position to win the game. The second thing has got to be the chances created. I mean, that was really a, a big talking point for, for all of us this entire season was Sporting Kansas City really struggling to score goals, but not just that, struggling to create quality chances as well. So seeing some of that buildup starting to click, and, and as Vermees said today, some of those guys up top starting to maybe play a little bit more freely, some really good off-the-ball movement, runs in behind. I, I just I felt like we started to see some glimpses of what we've known this Sporting Kansas City team to be offensively in the past and so starting to see some of those pieces come together going to be a really difficult task here now to go on the road against New York City FC who are scoring at 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 an insane rate Um, maybe not one of the best defensive teams in the league but certainly a team that's going to be hard to go out and beat or, or get a result against. Yeah, I mean, fighting back, I think the uh, fighting back when they were up against adversity, 2-1 down, I mean, on paper, when you look at it, you could probably be fooling to thinking it wasn't a great performance, wasn't a great result, just coming away with your, I mean, they're down to 10 men, you finish with a draw, there's that final push, but look, sometimes it's tough to play against 10 men. They went down to 10 men and they were up 2-1, they had zero ambition of going forward after that, What they didn't need to, they would have just sat back and we try to break them down, try to break them down, and we ended up eventually getting back in there, so... To each, I thought we played well. I thought it was one of our better games of the season. Uh, I thought some players really stepped up. I thought Shallowy kind of came of age for the season. I thought Shelton put in a good shift. All over the place, I thought they were very good. Um, just 
lacked a bit of uh, being a bit clinical around the box. But as you said, the chances were there. Shallowy had that one cleared off the line. I mean, the, the keeper makes a couple of good saves, a couple of last-ditch tackles as well. So encouraging signs. I think, look, it's going to be tough this week going to the NYCFC. Everyone knows that they're flying high at the minute. But I think they'll take confidence coming out of that game, especially being down, fighting their way back into it. And on another day, it could have went a different way and we could have left with all three points. But... Sadly, we had to settle for the one. Does your fantasy machine there show expected goals from the game? Uh, when I, Jacob and I were looking at it after the game, it right I was now. a little surprised. I think Sporting Kansas City now, there's a couple of different places that, that calculate expected goals. So, you know, you, you can always quibble over those numbers a little bit. But I think the ones that we saw had Sporting Kansas City at something like a 1.3 maybe, something like that for expected goals. That seemed low to me. First of all, you had a penalty. I think the expected goals for Sporting at halftime was one because they had a penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and boy, I thought Poss made a couple of great right-handed saves on close-range shots. I didn't feel like they were taken poorly by Shallowy and Shelton. I thought they hit them both low yep. toward the corner. What, you know, Just you, good saves. Yeah, they, they, they tested the keeper. He makes a good save. The, the one off the back line when Shallowy looks like he's chipped the keeper. I just felt like those chances alone uh, deserved a better expected goal rating than what we got. Expected what do we have goals here? 1.8 that says on MLS website and Dallas is 1. Okay, 1. Yeah. 1.8 to 1. And on I just have game flow here and it's got Sporting at 1.92 and Dallas at 1.33. So. Okay. So, I mean, you know, Sporting outperformed them when it comes to expected goals. And obviously, we can sit here and argue about whether or not that that statistic really means that much. But for me, it's informative with Sporting because expected goals and chance creation have not been high. You know, like Mm -hmm. they're getting some shots off, but shots that haven't been going on target, shots that have been from long range and things like that. And I thought they really did. Uh, I'm with you, Connell. I thought it was the best performance we've seen. Uh, that I can remember so far this year and, and frustrating to split the points. But I think if you're sporting right now, you, you, you hold on to, okay, these are some things that we're finally starting to put together and hope you can take it to a very tough place to play on the road. Yeah, and, you know, in talking to a lot of the players after the game, you did get that frustration, though, because I think all of them are feeling the pressure of, hey, we have to start picking up some of these wins, especially here at home just because there were some moments that you can build confidence from in this game, I don't think that that made the result any easier because it did really feel like that game was going to go sporting Kansas city's way in terms of, of walking out with three points. Um, but that said, you got to start turning the corner somewhere. And it did feel like this was that game where the team really started to, to take that turn. We saw that really good defensive performance against the crew the other weekend Maybe some defensive moments that could have been better. I, I don't think that the two goals against necessarily justify or, you know, really tell the story, tell the story defensively. I thought, you know, there were some really good defensive moments from this team, especially considering how young that back line right. was. Cameron Duke had some brilliant moments coming in uh, at right back with Graham Zusi, who, by the way, Peter Vermees said is, is going to be out for a bit. He suffered a quad strain in that game. So not sure on the timeline for his return there, but. Some good moments for Cam Duke, Courtney Ford, and Robert Volader building more chemistry as the two center backs uh, in their second straight game together. Uh, and then Logan and Denbe getting another run out at left back. So I think there's you know, there's positives building on both sides of the ball right now. For me, as even said today, though, still a little bit there to be desired in terms of the midfield and where they're at right now. But a lot of that's been a result of lack of continuity and lack of consistency in the lineup. But I think as you're starting to, to see some of the – the, the corners being turned here by uh, the guys up top, the guys defensively. It's just you're starting to see the pieces, pieces of the puzzle slowly start to come together, which a few weeks ago it 
there were still a lot. There was still a, a lot off. of moving parts, and yep. it feels like some of those are starting to be solidified a bit more. Yeah, I think you're 100 percent right. I thought after it, it was people were kind of a bit negative about the defense, and I couldn't really tell why. I mean. You have the two centre-backs, as you said. They haven't been playing together a hell of a lot. Then next thing, you're the most uh, experienced person in the back line goes down. Next, For the so, second straight game, you've right? got you know big changes coming in and out of the lineup early on in the match with you know little to no preparation. Right. goes down. So that throws a cat in amongst the pigeons automatically. You have to put uh, Duke out of position and right back. And he he done really well, I thought. And then when you look at the two goals... Ferreira's is a great finish. I think Volador does what he's supposed to do. He tries to show him to the line, but he just cuts back and has the technique to finish it. And then that first free kick, what do you, what do, you do about yeah. that? Like, Some good you know, learning moments, though, from, from both of those goals conceded. I mean, even today, you know, Vermees was talking about, hey, maybe we don't concede that foul there in that dangerous area. We, ha- we were covered behind defensively. Mm-hmm. That We didn't need to commit that foul right. right there in that area. And he thought they could have even been a bit better on defending that, that set piece, even though that was a, just a really tough one to right. defend. And then, you know, on, on the second goal by Jesus Ferreira, just maybe a lack of communication, players not fully, you know, in, in lockstep in terms of defensive organization there. They get split and... Dallas is just a team that they've got so much talent going forward. You know, Jesus Ferrer with the ball on his foot is, is a, a dangerous place to be in as a defender. So they just, you know, a, a good attacking team that took advantage of, of just a couple of, of poor defensive moments by sporting. Yeah, Peter said today that, uh, you, you know, don't give up that foul on the first one. And Courtney Ford, you know, we had him on the show last week. He throws his body around. I mean, the guy absolutely throws, oh my gosh. He throws <laughs> his body around. And maybe that time he didn't need to throw it around. I don't know. But uh, that's something that they could talk about and try to learn from. But uh, when I want to go back to what you said about Cam Duke, Connell. I thought he was one of the biggest storylines of the game because – Man, he looked good over there. Um, and defensively, too. Yeah, like Not even yeah. just going forward what we're used Winning to seeing. Tackles. Yep, one-on-ones, defending. Yeah. Like, you know, I thought he'd done really, really well. I, I never really pictured him as a right back. We saw him play there last year at FC Dallas, and that was, to me, kind of one of those, let's see if we can get through this game with a guy out of position playing there. In this game, he comes in, he's winning 1v1 tackles. One thing that he showed, too, like, and, and this makes sense, He's not going to get done for pace no, by, by, you know, by some – I mean, he was going up against a really electrifying, high-priced winger and held his own in that regard. And then when he wins the ball, he's got all kinds of pace to get up, get up the flank. He did tell us today when we spoke to him that that service is the next thing he wants to work on. His crosses he didn't yeah. feel like were as accurate as, uh, as he wants them to be. And I think that's something I, – I don't know what the future holds for Cam Duke because we've obviously seen him play a lot in the midfield as well. But I sure thought you didn't have to squint too hard and daydream to say that guy could be a right back if he wants to with the way that he played in that game. The pace that he has to get up the flanks, that's what they want in this system. And uh, the, the ability he showed to, to win tackles as well. So we'll, well, we'll see where it goes And the here. space to run. I mean, yeah. Cam Duke with space, yeah. Yeah. you're going to be put a lot more in that yeah. position in as a right back for him than maybe especially, as much in the midfield. Especially the way foodbacks play in the modern game now. It's, I mean, yeah. You're basically wingers. Like, they get so far <laughs> forward. Yeah. So, I mean, that seems like it would suit his game down to the ground. And we yeah. can ask our next uh, guest about what he thinks. Yeah, because he might topic. be he might be on the receiving end of some of those crosses, you know. And so yeah, those, maybe. You know, if he's playing on the left, I think he benefited and, from one yeah, of them yeah. last game. So yeah, that's right. So it, it, that that is right. So speaking of that, we're going to take a break because 
Daniel Shallowy is uh, going to join us on the show next. We'll talk to him about Cam Duke, but also about Daniel Shallowy, too, and all things related to Sporting Kansas City as we continue. We're off and running on this edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your digital content as well. And we're presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. As devoted Sporting KC fans, we know you travel well to support your club and its boys in blue. So, before you travel to the next away game, or anywhere for that matter, check out Kansas City International Airport's new terminal progress at buildkci.com. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we are back on the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer. Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your digital content as well, be that video or audio. We appreciate you listening and watching, and we appreciate Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. They are our title sponsor, and we are joined now by the Hungarian assassin, Daniel Showtime Shallowy. There, I, I get them all in as Hartzell Gray and I are fighting over this man's nickname. You know, we, we, uh, we continue to do that. Daniel Shallowy joins us on the show. How are you, man? Good, good. How are you guys? Doing great, and obviously um, – you scored a big goal for Sporting, helped get a point. I know that you guys wanted more than a point over the weekend, but still the fact that you fought back to get something out of that game, is that something you guys can kind of take and, and go forward with a little positivity after uh, after the weekend? Yes, of course. You know, I think I've, I've said it before. I think we're improving. We're doing uh, better and better every game. Obviously, uh, we are not happy that we couldn't get the win. I think this was one of those games that we, we deserved it. We we did really well. We fought well. We played well. But, um, yeah, I said it to Ali before that we can't let our season get away from us, so we have to find a way to win these games. But I am happy that the team's improving. I think we we were much more fun uh, this weekend than, than we were before. I think we get better and better each game. Peter said today that with you guys up top specifically, there was maybe a little bit more freedom mentally to just kind of like fall back into maybe the old ways in which you guys played did you feel that sense of you know maybe playing a bit more freely yes yes of course and uh it's it's really it's really depending always on the the team's movements and what that allows us to do uh you know me johnny and Kyrie and whoever's playing you know i think we have to find our own freedom and have to play our game because um you know teams are gonna line up to hold us down on the wings and uh, and try to you know force us to play in the in the middle but we have to find a ways to get get on the ball and uh and that's what we did you know when we got the pk when we got the goal as well i think um these are these are big plays and we have to do more and more of that i thought you and Kyrie were both a little unlucky not to score earlier in the second half you had a shot uh, Kyrie had a shot both that were denied by really good saves I thought by Poss when he went down to his right hand side you put him on target you put him low the things you're supposed to do and then you also had the one that got cleared off the line yeah, yeah did you and, see that guy there like I was <laughs> I was if you watch the replay like I chip it and I look up and the, you can see yeah. the disappointment on yeah. my face because I'm like yep, what is yep. that guy doing there that's unlucky so so to me like what what a goal scorer like you what happens in your mind when you guys are pushing hard for a goal like that and you get into good positions and you feel like you took them well and you still don't get a goal out of it? Like, what's going through your mind at that time in the game? How do you react? Yeah, look, it's tough. You know, it's, uh, it depends how many. If you miss 10 already in a game, then you're like, okay, what is happening? <laughs> but uh, sometimes it gives you 
more and more boost you know mm-hmm. you're like okay the next one the next one and uh, yeah. i keep getting my chances and i'm actually the type of player who gets into many chances in a game like last year i felt like i scored lots of goals but there were games when i could have scored a hat trick easily and i just missed my shots and that's that's you know that's disappointing and uh also this game as well and there were games before so i always have to work on that you know to convert more and more goals because i feel like i'm getting to always the goal scoring opportunities i just have to uh find the back of the net more i remember there were a lot of times last year where like you would have a brace or or a goal and the team would win but like in our post game interviews you'd still be like but i should have scored that one or i should have scored that one and i know you were also like very much in the thick of the golden boot race at that time but still i mean that that seems to be a big part of your mentality on the field is, yeah, that's great that I scored that one, but look at all these ones that I missed. Yes, and honestly, like I admire players who can actually go out and when they have a good game, they can finish every chance they have off. Like like Johnny uh, scored many hat-tricks for Sporting KC, and now we're going to play against Castellanos. You know, he's, mm-hmm. they didn't score for I don't know how many games and then scores four <laughs> goals. Like, that's that's crazy. That's so difficult to do. And uh, and I think that's that takes big talent from players. And I want to get to that level at one point that I can go out, and if I'm feeling it, I can score a hat-trick. Do you talk to Johnny about that? Like, what, is there an art to the hat-trick, I guess? I mean, he's just... You know, he said he's he's always had a feel for it, and he he's that type of player. But I've always told him that I I'm I'm so jealous of him that he's able to do that. And I also told him he hasn't done it in a while, so he mm-hmm. he needs this this year mm-hmm. it has to happen again. So th- for some reason, right when you said this about guys that put away every chance, I started thinking of Kareem Benzema right now because of the oh run he's on in the Champions League, and I feel like every time I watch those games. He gets two chances, and, I mean, he puts them in the most clinical spots ever. Is there somebody out there in the world of soccer right now that you look at and you go, that guy is the most informed goal scorer, in, you know, in the world or that you that you like kind of look at and admire the most? Yes, I think uh, he would be the one right now, yeah. Benzema. I think we are all watching him, and he touches the ball four times a game and yeah. three of them are goals. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. So, Can we also yeah. talk about, though, how he's – somehow gotten in this form like right at the same time that Peter made the Remy Voltaire comparison. Like I feel like that, Every time he scores, that I happened think of and that. then like he literally just went on an absolute tear. So Peter may have, I don't know. But he does. He does it like, and it's some, it seems like they're, they're, it's like they wait till they're down two goals. He doesn't touch the ball the whole game. And then boom, boom, he's got like, you know, two. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Honestly, like there's some players like that who are just so good at just staying focused in the game, you know, because it's not easy as a as a center forward too. If you look at the, their touches compared to other players on the field, I remember when uh, Dom Dwyer used to play here, and mm-hmm. um, he was, mm-hmm. you know, the the last player who won the Golden Boot for uh, for the team, and uh, and you know, he's uh, he, if you watch his touches, he had like nine touches a game, and yeah. he would score like three goals. It's, yeah. It was unbelievable, and uh, and that's like the magic of being like a number nine, you know, that yeah. you stay focused and you know that that one touch, the next one I will have, it's going to be a goal. It's crazy. But it also, it also is that, that, that constantly putting yourself in position yes. for the, for the nine touches you got, you might've made 25 runs. And that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about, because going into the last game against FC Dallas, we saw the stat that you are leading major league soccer in attacking runs. And, 
I'm thinking about the penalty that you earned. That, I don't know what that was, 60, 70-yard run that you made kind of behind the play. And and the funny thing is, is I don't. how many times do you make a run like that in the game where you never even touch the ball and nobody notices? You still have to have the optimism to go make the run the next time, right? Yes. Is, yes. is that a fitness thing? Is that a mentality thing? Have you always been good at that, or is that something you've really focused on? To, to follow up a play, um, I remember when I was a kid, my dad always told me, like, wherever you are on the field, wherever the ball is or if you got down, you always have to get to the box. Like, just put your head down and sprint till the box. Anything can happen if you get into the box. And kind of if, if you play your game with that mentality, because many times you're so far behind the play yeah. and you're like, I'm not even going to go. And kind of I have this mentality that like okay I'm gonna drag myself to the box and then see what happens and many times you know this play slows down and you actually get into a good position you're like okay okay I'm actually in a good spot and I can score from here or have the chance so playing with that mentality I think is big and then the more I'm sure that it like results in something positive you're like all right well I got to do that the next yes, time yes yes um it was the comparison was made to me by the technical staff about like NFL wide receivers like oftentimes in American football a receiver's running a route, and just because they don't get the ball, they were still very crucial in the development of the play because you, you draw a defender out and you open that space for somebody else, like very similarly to soccer. Like, do you ever like think that when you're watching American football? I know you're a Chiefs fan. I only watch Mahomes and Cassidy movement, <laughs> and that's it. So <laughs> I don't know what else everybody else is doing. <laughs> Kelsey, Kelsey catches Kelsey the does, ball every time he goes true. out. It doesn't matter. He has to but run a game I, every Yeah, time. I mean, I, I'm sure that's, uh, that's a fair comparison because that's many times in soccer that happens, you know, other players do sacrificing runs or movement one opens up another so many team sports are like that okay so let's go to the goal that you scored in the second half because I can tell you that as I'm watching it from upstairs and obviously the game looks a lot slower from way upstairs than it is when you're actually down there on the field but when the ball got to you at the time it felt to me like you were on the ball for 30 seconds. I mean, it just seemed like, you know, in my mind's eye, you took like four or five touches um, and and you and obviously turned and finally with the left foot, you scored it. And then I went back and watched it and I think it might have been two, three touches. It wasn't nearly as long as I felt like, but I feel like a lot of times I feel that way when I watch the ball in the penalty area because everything shrinks and everything gets so much quicker. Does it feel like you're, did it feel like you were on the ball for a long time in that moment or was it as quick as... Uh, as you, as you would want it to be. It, was, it did feel long, to yeah. be fair. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a difficult one, you know, because many times when you're in the box and um, sometimes you take too many touches, you know, fans watching, yeah. you're like, just shoot it. And, <laughs> and sometimes, you know, I take another one and that's when everything clears up. And yeah. um, what's tough for defenders is that when we are in the box, they have to be so careful to not do a penalty, you know. Right. So if Just I take like an, in the first half. Yes, yes. It, yeah. So if I take one more touch and one more touch and maybe a fake shot, something, they still have to, they can just launch in like in the midfield, you know. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's why you, if you can actually learn, and I think I've gotten better at it uh, over my career, that you can calm down in the box. You can take one more touch and one more because there's more and more space for it there than it would be in the midfield. Something yeah. uh, that somebody asked that I guess is pretty timely now because you did draw the penalty. Is there any uh, art to drawing a penalty that you can uh, share with your good friend Kyrie Shelton, who seems to <laughs> never get any calls <laughs> in the box? <laughs> it's, it's tough. You know, I feel like um, 
America, like America as a culture has this, this toughness to it. And, mm -hmm. you know, your favorite sport is American football. And, uh, you know, everybody, you should be a tough kid. And when you play, you start playing soccer, they, they don't teach you how to, you know, sell a foul or something. And, yeah. and in a way, I feel like in, in Europe or South America or something, we, we kind of learn that, how to do it. You know, yeah. I, I actually remember being in my, my, our backyard and my dad, teaching me how to sell a foul yeah. like good that if you get touched from here which way to fall and how to do it he still says i'm terrible at it <laughs> but does he have any specific critiques is there anything he just he says that like at? i'm i'm always like too prepared for the to uh, take the okay. take the shot and then wait for and, the contact yes and that's down. why many times <laughs> i i can't sell it as well but <laughs> i always tell Kyrie as well that he needs to he needs to get better but he he straight up admits that he he just doesn't he's know how to do it yeah he he's he's strong but, as well so you know he like he went down it wasn't it wouldn't have been a penalty but it was right outside the the penalty box and the last game just outside the 18 in the first half he went to ground and he still didn't get the call yeah. it's like no. it, it doesn't seem to matter what he does He's it's not tough it. it's tough yes <laughs> get it his is, stomach stepped on and end up in the hospital yeah it is true though <laughs> like bad. you know i was always taught you know growing up playing american football it's a physical intimidation sport so you can't show that you're injured even like that was the thing I remember my dad always telling me in, in football because I was always a little guy and I was getting my clock cleaned all the time. And he said, look, when a big guy runs you over, the biggest thing you can do is jump right back up, show him it didn't hurt because you want that guy. You don't want him to think, oh, he's got you intimidated. And what you want him to think is, man, I just gave that guy my best shot and it didn't even hurt him. This is going to be a long day. Whereas in soccer, it's like. You get fouled, and you got to make sure that everybody sees that you're hurt. Yeah. You know, you got to grab the ankle, try to get a yellow card, do whatever you can. And it does. It's like the exact opposite of the mentality you're taught, like growing up playing yeah. an American sport. It's tough. I've, I've said it before <laughs> that uh, what people don't understand, because many times we actually get this question, especially in America, that, oh, I, I don't like soccer because you, they dive and all those things. Yeah. And, and I always give this example, what just happened in a game. If I can sell a foul in the penalty and we get a penalty and we win the game because of that penalty, I make money. <laughs> Should I sell the foul or yeah. I shouldn't? Right. And then they're like, well, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, See, I, and I, I, for me, there's a difference between selling a foul and faking an injury. That's and, true. And, that's yeah, true. And I do think there's... Because I'm with you on it. It's and, and I, I, I'm curious what you think of this. this is, we're going off on a tangent now, but... This is one of the areas that I do think that, that soccer could adapt maybe the mindset that we have in basketball, for example. Where in, a, in basketball, which is a global sport now, you don't have to fall down in order to earn the foul. Yeah. If I rake you across the arms and you score, you know, you still get the benefit of the foul call. You're encouraged to play through the contact, and we still are going to reward you for getting fouled. But in soccer, it's like, you know, if a guy hacks at your leg and you run through it, they just say, well, that wasn't a foul then. Yeah. And I think that does a disservice because – you still, I still gained an advantage. If I cut, if I kick you across the legs and you play through it, I still gained an advantage, right? That's still a foul. I and, agree. And it's like, and then, and then we have these debates about, well, was that enough contact to make the guy go to ground? And my, my answer to that is, why is that the question? If, you know, if I gained an advantage, why do I have to knock you down for it to be worthy of a foul? And that's why guys fall all the time when they don't have to. I 100% agree. And that's the thing with diving as well. You get a yellow card for diving, but if I don't dive, 
then I have no chance of getting the file as well. Right. So it's, right. it's, it's so tough. Right. And I agree with you. Some change has to be made. All right, though. let's do it. Let's get this thing changed. Right. Yeah. Man, that was like a gr- I'm like, yeah. I'm sold, even though yeah. I was already on your team. Yeah. This. But, you know, was, like no, you go was... back to the wide receiver situation in, in, in American football. You talk to these big, tough, strong guys. How many times do you see wide receivers in football running down the field, putting an arm up in the air to make sure that the ref knows that they're getting pulled from yeah, behind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pulling you like this. It's not enough to knock you down, but it but, slows you down by three steps, and now I can catch up to you. Yeah. Yes. That happens to Kyrie all yeah. the time, The question by the is, way. That, that's so true. The question is not, you know, whether or not, like, oh, well, did he go to ground? It's like, well, was there, like you said, yeah. was there something that an was unfair, a clear, an advantage an unfair, game. Yeah. You know, that's, to me, that's the point of a foul is I did something illegal to gain an advantage on you. And if I, if I pull you, you know this, if you're running full speed and somebody grabs your jersey, it doesn't have to be the strongest tug in no, the world no, to no. slow you down yes. by two steps, and now I've caught up to you. Yes, yes. That's a true. foul, right? True. Yeah, yeah. I once had my ponytail yanked, and I can tell you that slowed well, me down quite a bit. Is that a red card? I don't know what the I don't ruling even remember. is on that. Yeah. I just remember getting, I was yeah. pissed. Okay, we've I got, was kind of chippy. <laughs> <laughs> we've got Daniel Shallowy with us here. All right, you guys, let's let's talk about this game you got coming up before we run out of time. You guys are going to New York City. Now, it's going to be on a baseball field, but not in the Bronx with the tiny little banner that they have from when they won the MLS Cup last year. This one's going to be at City Field where the Mets play. But I think we were talking to Peter Vermees. I think the, the, I the dimensions are going to be fairly similar, maybe even a little smaller than playing in the Bronx. And I'm curious, what is it like playing on a narrow field like that, and, and how does it change the game? I've played there uh, twice, I think, um, obviously the other field. Yeah. But it's so weird. And not even just the small field itself is it's tough because you don't have enough space and um, you have to make everything quicker, and some of those actions don't open up as much as they would open up on other fields. But playing in a baseball stadium, what's what's weird about it is like you dribble and then you look up and you have no idea where the dimensions are yeah. on the field. Yeah. Because yeah. the stands are like slid in different ways, yeah, like weird yeah. angles. Weird angles. Yeah. So for you have you mm-hmm. have to take an extra second to like process where the lines are and all those things and. It was uh, it was always so strange for me. Yeah, because like if 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 you're a listener right now and you want to picture this, you're driving straight down the middle of the field, um, and if you're in a normal soccer stadium, you can tell just by the stands all around mm-hmm. you. You're at the perfect angle that you're running right down the field, but at Yankee Stadium, the stands to your right are at a 45 degree angle or some yes. kind of weird angle. So then you wonder. Am I running towards goal or am I running toward yes, the sideline? Yes, yes. Right? Like it's is just there, kinda... <laughs> Is there any advantage though? Like if if you can think of one playing on a field that size, like what parts of a game there maybe benefit you as a player? Well, I would say that, and I would now sound stupid because I, I would say that you wouldn't score as many goals because you can defend more and, you know, you can close the game down even easier. But New York doesn't seem to have this problem. <laughs> so I, I guess they they figured it out on their own. But it's uh, it would be that, you know, it's a, it's a much tighter space. Because when you watch games when there's like so much space, you you can have big runs and big open ups and you know counter attacks. And this one is like you can kind of shut it down quicker. I feel like so. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Well, and like you said, they're in excellent form right now. And, and Peter even said today that I mean, when a team's playing with that much confidence, he's like, I, I know what that's like because I've had teams like that that have been playing uh, in yes. that way. What's what's the most difficult part of going up against a team that is scoring at the rate that they are right now? The thing is. Let's say um, we go there and we score in the whatever twentieth minute. We we were winning one zero. 
that team knows that they can score three more any time of the game. So that having that confidence is uh, is, a, is a big help. And yes, I have played here before when you know y- you go down and you are like, okay, no problem. You're we're gonna score. And uh, and that's having that form is always uh, very very helpful for a team. It seems to me like you you play really well in tight spaces though. You're you're. Uh I don't know. I feel like I see a lot of good combination play with you and some of your teammates. How do you feel when it comes to that part of the game when you're trying to attack and, and the spaces start to close down a lot? Yes, you know, you just have to be much quicker with the mindset as well and your feet. And uh, that's that's something that you just have to be ready for. I, I still think that, you know, there's more and more chances that can come up when spaces are bigger sure, because sure. you can receive the ball in areas where you have, you know, five yards without a player and then when you go to a smaller field everybody's around you all the time but you know it's um it's not going to be easy just because of the team because of the the stadium anything we just have to uh be ready for it and as i said i think we've been improving we have to uh keep doing that okay i want to talk to you about new york itself a little bit we've got daniel shallowy here because we always know that when guys come from from other parts of the world to play in the United States. Most of the time they get to Kansas City and they say, never heard of Kansas City before I got here. How far is New York? Everybody knows New York and L.A., right? Everybody knows New York and L.A. Now, how old were you when you moved to Kansas City as a— as I was an, 18. You were eight, oh, you were, you, were, you were already 18 years yes, old. Yes, yes, yes. Had you been to no, New first York time. or First time like here. Kansas City was the first place. Yes. How much did you know or think about New York City as a kid growing up in Hungary? Is it like— all on the movies? Is it in yes. your face a lot and all that? Yeah. So you watch the movies, you know, you, yeah. you see New York all the time. So many people, yeah. big buildings. It's, it's yeah. awesome. You want to be there. Obviously, yeah. it's, like a, it's like a dream. Yeah. And then uh, when we went, I went there first time in 2017. We played there. Yeah. And it, it was awesome. I loved it. I've been back, went back many, many times since. And I... It's my favorite city in the U.S. I, I love yeah. New York. Yeah. So you've gone back like oh, outside of soccer yes, just to go yes. visit and all that? Yes. My sister was here and I, I went with her. Uh, I, I've, I've gone with uh, – we played there in 2019 and we had like a two-week break. Me and Johnny stayed there after, so it was, mm-hmm. it was awesome. I had my friends fly there, so yeah. I, I, I like it. You, they have everything. Um, I'm with you. It's my favorite city in the United States to visit. Well, I don't know about living there. I'd have to make a lot more money than I yeah, make. Yeah, that's <laughs> – <laughs> if I, I want to, <laughs> that's tough. That's yeah. tough, of course. But yeah. we're just tourists, right? Yeah, of course. No, it's great being a tourist there. So, what what are some of the coolest things you've done in New York City in the times you visited? So, because you got to tell. By the way, Ali hasn't know, been yet, so you're gonna have to give her. You've never been. That's so weird in America. I'm foreign, and I've been. Many <laughs> I'm embarrassed times. to admit it. It's not like something I'm proud of by any means. I just like I don't know why I've never had. A, I've just never had a reason. I propose to my wife in New York City. I know, I knew that story. But, but and you guys went back. Oh yeah, we always try to go back. But, but I had not been until I got out of college. I was, a, I was like two years yeah. out of college when I had a buddy that was living there, and I went for the first time. I will say this: what's funny is, growing up, in, and I didn't, I mean, I didn't travel much growing up as a kid at all. But you had this picture as a Midwestern kid. <laughs> like New York was, like. was this big, dangerous place. Because in a lot of the movies you watch, there's always like violence going on and all this stuff. You're like, ooh, scary New York. And then you get there and they're like, there's people everywhere. You See, know, I, I'm sure there are places that you go to that are dangerous. But for the most part, you're in yes, Manhattan and you're yes, fine. Yes. You know? See, I've never been, but I've also never had the feeling that like, oh, I would hate to live in New York. I think I would love to live in New York. It's fast-paced, great. 
I'm a yeah. fast walker. That okay. sounds like right up my alley. So give her some things. Yeah, what are you Yeah, Pizza, obviously. So you're going to walk to a lot of places, obviously, and take the public transportation, whatever. So my favorite thing was when I was there in, in the summer one time, me and my friends rented bikes and we took the bikes over the Brooklyn Bridge to like the Dumbo area, yeah. like Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. And that was awesome. And in general, I love walking around in uh, like Soho and like Chelsea, those areas. Because you go first time, you want to see the big buildings and you slowly like creep down and then <laughs> yeah. go to like Brooklyn. And that's, yeah. that's where, where it's, cool stuff it, is. it yeah. calms down a little bit. It's awesome. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I wish I could stay longer, but... Hey, you know, next time I'll go dip again. your toe in New York the first yeah. time, get to know yeah. it a little bit, and then you'll start going back and branching you out. You have a long yeah. off season because of the workup, so you can I, go ahead. I know, you I got to go put that on my, well, and I've, I've also never been to Europe, so that's on the list too. Yeah. I'm like, I, I need to be better traveled, uh, not well, you, as well traveled. You're, you're so young. The whole world's in front of you, Allie. It's, oh, all, it's thanks, all there. Nate. Hey, <laughs> da- and, and you got a travel agent, Daniel, to show you all the No, I'm going to get my New York tips and tricks from this guy. From the Hungarian. I've been to Budapest. How about that? We've talked about that many times, but uh, but I'll bring it up every time I see Daniel. Hey, Daniel, (laughs) thank you so much for the time. Good luck in New York City and uh, the rest of the season. Thank you. All right, that is Daniel Shallowy. We'll take a break, and we'll have Connell McCourt join us, a man from Belfast, and we'll find out how much time he spent in New York City as we preview that match as well right after this on the Sporting Kansas City Show presented by Michelob Ultra. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we're back to wrap things up on this edition of the Sport in Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB. And, of course, wherever you get your digital content presented by Michelob Ultra, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. And the cool thing is about the way we've been uh, shooting the video and recording the show out here at Compass Minerals Performance Center um, is that you just never know. I mean, you get famous people walking by, big-time personalities, and so Connell steps in for us a couple of times. But now Jacob Peterson's here, and so Ali Trost has been subbed out of the game this time. It wasn't because of poor form. I think we just wanted some fresh legs and a guy that brings that attacking mindset to the last segment of the show. So we've had Daniel Shallowy on. We've had Ali Trost on. And now we have Jacob Peterson. What's up, man? How are you? What's up? Uh, I'm good. Just a little tactical adjustment. Tactical here. adjustment. Yeah, yeah. That's she, Allie didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, no, no. This isn't like for like. This is uh, what, what the game calls for at the time. Speaking of that, we, we are going to you know talk about what game's coming up and all that. But we were having a conversation earlier in the show about this last game against FC Dallas. Connell offered up. He thought it was maybe one of the best performances, or did you say the best performance? I, one of. One yeah. of the best, and I, I, it's the best performance I feel like I remember uh, this season, at least um, in the attack in terms of creating chances and all that. Um, what did you make of it? I mean, are, are, we, are we off base there? Are there things... I'm getting the sense the teams, obviously, they're not happy that they got a draw, but I felt like there were some things to really build on coming out of that game. What did you think? No, I think you guys were were right, especially going forward and attacking. I think last week at home, defensively, uh, very sound, didn't give up really anything, but didn't create much of anything against, against Columbus, right? Here, against FC Dallas, I think, Offensively, there was a good flow to the game. There was a good connection between the back four and the front three that that we didn't have in in that game against Columbus. I thought Daniel looked great. Um, I think Johnny looked great. And and I think when those two guys are are playing like that, it's so difficult for other teams to to deal with them. I mean, even once they got the red card, I mean, we we talked about it on the broadcast, but FC Dallas basically subbed in Nanu as a 
man marker <laughs> for right. Johnny Russell because yeah. he was causing yeah. so many problems for Farfan down down that right side. Um, and Daniel obviously gets the goal, draws the penalty, and I don't know if you guys talked about it earlier, but the thing that I loved about that penalty and setting up that that penalty is that and. You know, kind of put together a piece that we talked about at halftime, but it was that run from Daniel, right? He mm-hmm. he kind of started or was involved in that start of that counter, played that switch, and then sprinted and, and was the first guy in the box. And, and it's that commitment. Yes, Johnny gets the goal. Daniel, you know, feels the contact goes down. But the reason why that play was able to happen was because Daniel made that run to get up there. So uh, I think there are certainly things that you can take from both those games, the Columbus game, and then the Dallas game, and if you put those two together, I think then the team's starting to, to roll in the right direction. Yeah, no, we had a great conversation with Daniel about about that mindset because he's leading the league in, in those types yep. of runs this year, and I think that, that that's going to pay off as time goes on. He'll get more and more opportunities. Now, one of the things that also, though, happened in that game at halftime, Allie had her terrific, as always, interview with Peter Vermees. You always get something from Peter. That's one of the things I love about it. He'll, he'll actually tell you uh, some of his thoughts on what's happening in the game. And when the team was down 2-1, to one, Allie said, okay, what do we need to do in the second half to get something going in the attack? And Peter said, we've got to get the ball out wide. We've got to use the width. We, we want to see, um, you know, guys with their, their boots on the chalk, as is some of the phrases that we hear sometimes. Now you're going to New York City. There is no wide. <laughs> if you're wide, you're out of bounds. <laughs> so what is that going to do? How does that affect guys particularly like Johnny and Daniel? Do they have to tweak their games a lot playing on that, that really narrow pitch? Well, I think first and foremost, everybody's got to be ready to battle. And just it's a duel after duel at that tight stadium. I mean, it's 15% smaller than the field at Children's Mercy Park, which is significant. Mm-hmm. And it does kind of take those you know, diagonal runs in behind the defenses or spreading teams wide. It's all about contact and about 1v1 duels. And it kind of it's crazy because New York has so many skilled and technical players and yet they are so good at winning those duels and creating chances in what's just a lot of times chaos in those games there and you know whether it's City Field or Yankee Stadium it is just a chaotic type of game and and it's this is one of those where you roll up your sleeves and you say we have to come and and fight for this one because it's probably not going to be a, a aesthetically pleasing game you know and certainly as a road team you don't want it to be that way um, but it's it's a huge challenge because New York's a very good team. And what have I, I what I've noticed in watching some of those games, uh, like at Yankee Stadium, it's as you said, like constant. There's constantly contact. Like every time, it seems like you don't have a second on the ball. It's a bunch of like second tackles, winning the second ball, winning the third ball. Because as soon as anyone's getting the ball, there's someone's in on you, hammering you from behind or coming in in front of you, or whatever. So that's a lot about that battling that you're saying. We're going to need the midfield to especially step up. Like, they done well this week past. I thought the defense done well enough as well in those duels and those battles. Like, Courtney, I think he led the, the team in duels and aerial duels and all that type of stuff. They're going to need that type of mentality because, as you said, it's going to be a fight here. Every time they get the ball, there's going to be someone behind ready to put a bit of uh, heat on them. So they have to be ready to do that back in order to win those duels and win those personal battles. Absolutely, and they have to watch Tati Castellanos, right? Mm-hmm. He is... Danger man. He, he, 
he's such a bizarre player when you watch him because he scores some bangers. But then, as we were talking on our call this week, like he misses some sitters, mm-hmm. and you're just like, how does he miss that? But he's also talked about battling. He battles, and he gets into duels, and he's okay with getting it in a tussle with you and kind of enticing you into doing it. I mean, he gets yellows and reds. He's he's almost like a, a better, more efficient version of like a Diego Rubio where he, he'll follow you, but he'll also, you know, get fouled and draw fouls. Mm-hmm. And, and he is an incredible player. So that's, you know, the defense with, with Courtney Ford and, and Robbie if he's back there. But anybody who's back there just has to be able to, to battle because he is a, a – very dangerous player, obviously golden boot winner this year and leading the league and expect the goals this year as well. Um, but he is a handful, man. This sounds like a game for Roger. I mean, like everything you describe, like, well, that's the kind of game that Roger Espinosa wants to play in right there. It's a game that I would love to play in. Yeah. Right? It, yeah. It's just, though, I mean, you're testing yourself uh, against one of the best teams in the league. And since they've gotten out of, uh, of Champions League, since they lost to Seattle, which – I mean, they absolutely peppered Seattle, too, in their home leg. Mm-hmm. But they just score so many goals and create so many chances. Against Salt Lake, six. I think Toronto's five. <laughs> this past week against San Jose, they scored three, but it could have been five. Right. So it, it was – I mean, they are just creating chance after chance, and they overwhelm you. See, weirdly enough, though, I actually think that, in a way, if we can, if we can absorb that pressure, I think the way NYC play – will kind of suit us because teams usually sit back sit back and we have to break them down because they know we're a possession based team NYC aren't going to they're not going to be scared to come at us they're going to go at us with all guns blazing so maybe that can be the times that we pick those passes you know you win the ball high back up the field Johnny and Daniel are stretching the defence getting far because they're going to push up they'll probably play a high line that's a chance for us to try and get in behind because not many teams do that against us. And look, it's it's one thing knowing what they're going to do and another thing stopping them. But if you can soak up some of that early pressure, try and hit them on the break, I think it's not out of the realm of possibility that we could come away with a draw or even possibly a win, d- yeah. despite how good they are. And, and too, like, I mean, Kyrie played there, right? That's where he started his career. And he knows all, even though it was at Yankee Stadium, like he, he's familiar with those tight dimensions. And ben Sweat as knows. well. Ben Sweat as well. Like they know how to play. And I'm sure that those guys will be talking to other other players on this team because now that they're in the East, sporting doesn't go there very often. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's and it's a it's a difficult place to go because it the, the game is completely different than when you play at home or when you play at most away stadiums. All right, so it's coming up on Saturday at City Field, 6 o'clock for the kickoff Central Time. Uh, you can watch it on sportingkc.com slash live on the Sporting KC app on 38th Spot. You can listen to it on Sports Radio 810 WHB. We'll have our pregame coverage starting 30 minutes before that. And then, of course, U.S. Open Cup action back in Kansas City on Tuesday night of next week against FC Dallas again. That's going to be interesting to see which – what, what sides we see from those two teams coming up next week on the heels of uh, what we'll do, a new Sporting Kansas City show right as our pregame leading up to that one as well. So it should be a lot of fun. New York.
York City FC. Why not take a crack at the defending champs and see what Sporting Kansas City can do? Looking for their first result away from home in 2022. So that's going to do it for us, for Connell McCourt and Jacob Peterson and Daniel Shallowy and Ali Trost joining us as well. And also, by the way, got to give a shout-out to Juwan and Jordan who uh, put this show together as well. Uh, we appreciate those guys. We appreciate you for watching and listening. And we appreciate Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. We'll see you next time right here on the Sporting Kansas City Show.